Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. And now since we are still in Black History Month, we're go- and I'm wearing my, my kente cloth today in honor. I wear it, I'm wearing it this month in honor. I love it. I got this when I was ordained. Isn't it nice? Beautiful. I figured I'd wait till February to break it out. <laughs> we're going to sing the, um, the Black National Anthem. And I'm going to be up here with them singing. So I'm going to try to harmonize as best as I can. So let us all stand and sing together, please, if you don't mind.
Mm. Oh my God. Give somebody a high five. <laughs> no, for real. Give somebody a high five. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's because I can't come down the aisles giving it to you, so you can do it for me. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Ah. Uh, Today's been a pretty good Sunday so far. What about for you guys? Yes? We are growing this church. Amen? Amen. That's because our hearts and our spirits are growing. Amen? Amen. I wish I had a joke to tell you. Amen? <laughs> I was uh, so caught up in this and... I, uh, my, my stepsister is having her baby shower today, so I was making lasagna through the night and working on this, and I didn't get a joke. Um, but I did hear a funny little story. <laughs> Boom! One, one of our own told me this story. He said that he always claims in his rap, he said that he's always told folks that he has blonde hair, right? And they would tell him it's white, right, or gray, right? And he said that he got, huh? It's blonde. But that's what they say to you, that it's not. Yeah, his family would tell him it's not blonde. So he got, he was out on his boat, and he ended up getting a ticket because he didn't have his life preserver jacket on. And the police officer wrote on there the description, and it said blonde hair. So he has that evidence now by the officials that his hair is blonde. <laughs> Did I tell it right? Kind of? Okay. <laughs> I should have just handed him the mic. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I am in a really uplifted high mood today, if you, can't, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> Not that it's anything new, right? Oh my gosh. You guys asked for it. That was in your affirmation. Spirit-filled, energetic. You got it. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh man. So as Lauren said, this month we have been discussing faith, which is the spiritual power that represents February. And the disciple that, I'm, not, I'm sorry, strength. We've been talking about strength. Last month was faith, and this month is strength. And they're connected because Peter, who represents faith, and Andrew, who represents strength, were brothers. They're disciples of Jesus, and they were brothers. But they're also connected spiritually because in order to truly move in your expression of God, you have to have strong faith. So that's that strength and that faith together. But they're also connected physiologically because in the where the center is for strength is in the lower back, the loins. But there is a group of muscles that go up the spine. And one of them is a group bundle of nine. And one of them goes up into the neck, into the head. And that's where your faith is, is in the center of the brain, in the head. So they're connected on all levels. You got your spirit, you got your body, you got your mind. It's all connected. Today, I want to talk about this question that there's, there's some questions that we often ask. And one of the most powerful questions that we ask are what if questions. And, and, they're, and they're powerful because they're what-if questions that cause a lot of inventions to occur. Like, what if we can create light? And then the light bulb was created. What if we can fly like birds? And then the Wright brothers made airplanes. What if we can heal illnesses? We got antibiotics in all kinds of ways of healing, right? Those are what-ifs. So those what-ifs cause us to investigate a situation as a question is going on. And then you have the what-ifs 
that make you ponder, what if I really am one with God? What if I really do walk in strength? What if the biggest part of me that you cannot see is God? What if I can share that love with other people? And it causes you to ponder that and go inside. What if I can experience God on a deeper level? Those what if questions cause you to ponder and go inside, right? But then there are other what if questions that will stop you in your tracks. What if I can't make it? For me, one of them was, what if, I'm not a good, what if I'm not ready to be a minister? What if I get into ministry and I mess up? That's a big one, right? What if God gives me what I'm asking for and it's not what I'm asking for? You know those questions. What if I step into this new position and I can't handle it? What if I take on what is best for me to do and I, and I really can't make it off of that? What if I hear God guiding me and I'm hearing it wrong? These what ifs always, these what ifs impact us and those what ifs come from a space of fear. They stop you in your track, or they may cause you to procrastinate, or they may cause, because I know when I used to write papers when I was younger, I would take forever because I would be like, what if I don't know what I'm, the right words to say? And I'd always be worried, what if I get a bad grade? And I was a perfectionist, so I always wanted A. So I, what if I say this wrong? What if I do this wrong? It's always these what ifs. And so I would procrastinate on writing anything. I would procrastinate. I would procrastinate on preparing for an interview because I'd be like, what if I get up and bomb? What if I go in there and I bomb it? So for me, what ifs could cause procrastination. You can have a what ifs question that will cause you to avoid a certain situation because you're nervous about how you experience what would happen because that what if is in your mind. You, have, you can have a what if that makes you run from the situation. And so today what I want to talk about, I want to go into those what-ifs that trigger fear. Because the other ones that I was discussing, you move in a space of peace and love that make you investigate or make you move forward in it. But these what-ifs that I want to talk about are the what-ifs that trigger fear. So today the title of my talk is Letting Go of the What-ifs, Standing in the What-is. So how do we let go of the what-ifs that trigger fear? and stand in the what is. Let, let's investigate a little bit, investigate that a little bit. And the, the scripture that I want to use comes from Psalms, and it's, it's a popular psalm, Psalm 23, it's the 23rd psalm. Let's see what I have here. I want to do the King, look, read the King, Germ, King James Version because it's the most popular version. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Anyone heard that before? <laughs> Had a feeling. Anyone heard it that way before? That's one of the most, most uh, popular ways that that has been said. And when I researched this, and I started looking at what is the valley. And this says the valley of the shadow of death. And that's what stops you in your tracks. As a matter of fact, one of the most debilitating fears is the fear of death. For me, it's the fear of death and the fear of speaking and the fear of getting on airplanes. <laughs> now, I've, I've experienced, I haven't experienced death. I'm not ready yet. But 
I have experienced some, ex some expressions of death. Because when you move out of one relationship and into another, that's an experience of death. When you lose your job or you get laid off or you leave a job, that's an experience of death. When you go through a divorce, that's an experience of death. So it doesn't have to be a physical someone has left this in transition. All of those experiences are an experience of death. And it's a valley experience if you let it be. If you let it be. And this says the valley of the shadow of death which means it's how you're experiencing it. Shadow is when, you're when something is blocking the light from shining through, you have a sh shadow. You can even block the light from coming through and you see your own shadow. So how are we experiencing our moments of the valley of the shadow of death right now? What are the what if questions that we are experiencing that are causing us to go down into that valley? That valley is that low experience when all of your vibration is low and you do not feel comfortable, you feel shaken. I've had, a fe I've had fears where I've shaken and I've had some serious questions that I'm still working on and I can't even say them out loud because they're personal questions that they shake me to the root ever since I was little and I'm still mastering them. When I was little, I used to wonder, what if God died? Then what would happen to us? That shook me to my core. And do you know, even at 51, sometimes that fear creeps in deeply? What if God dies? That human, that little child, that little Kelly is still experiencing that and still searching for the answer to that question. And there are questions in each and every one of our mind that we are still holding on to that cause that turmoil, that fear, that struggle. And we get shaken to our core. Anybody else have a fear like that growing up? or even now, maybe once in a while, where you were shaken, you have, yeah, it shakes you. When you're little and, you, and there's a shadow, like a robe hanging up on a door, and there's a shadow, and it's like there's a boogeyman, don't you know we still have those experiences even as adults too? The shadow is the way we're perceiving it. That's what causes us to go into the valley. It's the way we're perceiving it. Now, when we look at this through the New Living Translation, let's read this together. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Now, let's move it deeper into that. As I was studying this, I ask God, what is the major thing that causes us to move into that feeling of fear? And Charles and Myrtle Fillmore talk a lot about error thinking and false thinking and your false perceptions and the way you're thinking and looking at things. And as I looked at that, I once heard that fear was false evidence appearing real. So fear is literally an acronym that is connected to the response that we have when we're seeing the world through the eyes of human. And we're caught up in what we're seeing. 
And what happens is what you're, when you're caught up in what you're seeing, it triggers an emotion in your body, an energy and emotion. And that energy and emotion is a low vibration. And that low vibration causes you to be sunken in to the feelings of separation and limitation. And when you're sunken into that feeling of limitation and separation, you feel as if you're alone. It, it causes your heart to, to, to palpitate. It causes you to go into fight or flight mode. And what happens is your mind starts going through all of these seemingly um, scenarios, all of these fear-based scenarios that grip you. And then the energy inside of you is welling up and your thoughts are going at the same time. And then when it meets in the heart, that's what you're feeling. You're feeling and experiencing that fear. This, in this world right now, in this world right now, we got a lot of what ifs going on. What if I'm better than you? What if your skin is not as good as mine? What if I'm stronger than you? What if I can bully you? What if I can stand in this position and do whatever I want and run over those who are younger, lower than me? In my eyes, what if I look at you from this perception and what if I treat you this way and I can get whatever I want? There is a lot of fear being experienced inside of people that's provoking them to go out and act on it in ways that are not loving. Amen? Amen. I think it's time for us to move into another direction. You agree? Yes. So how do we shift these what-if questions that move us into fear, that move us into an expression of fear, whether it is debilitating and keeps us still, whether it's procrastination, whether it causes us to run, whether it causes us to avoid? How do we move into a space of shifting out of what-if and move into what is? Because that's what we need to do. We need to shift out of what-if and move into what is. You change your focus. You change your mind. You change your life. You want to change your life? You change your mind. They're connected. Now, in this <coughs> scripture, I'm listening. The rod that the shepherd used. See, this is, in the beginning of this, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And so in the beginning, it's talking about us being sheep. But metaphysically, in this psalm, Psalm 23, the sheep represent your thinking, your thoughts, and how you're thinking. And when you're beside the still waters, you're in a space of meditation. You're in a space of peace, in a space of hearing God. In the beginning of this, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You're in a space of knowing that as I walk and as I stand in the presence of God, there is no need that will never go unmet. That as a matter of fact, there are no needs because I'm in a space of prosperity. But as we walk in this world, our thoughts shift through experiences. As we walk through this world, this third dimensional world of physical, where it seems like I'm separate from Eugene, when it seems like I'm separate from you, when it seems like I, you and I are different, different colors and different expressions, but we're still the same expression, I mean the same God being expressed in different ways. 
It makes us see separate. And so when we go through experiences, the moment you open your eyes and you see the third dimensional realm, your thoughts, those sheep in your mind, start to wander different ways. The hook that the shepherd used is a long stick and it has a hook at the end of it. And they used it to bring the sheep in and hooked around their neck and they used it gently to bring it in. And they would hook it up underneath the sheep and pull them out of a, a ditch or something they went into. And they kept the sheep away from, they would only have the sheep in the still waters, the, 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 the still waters, because if they were around the water that was, that was active, they would get full, and, and because they were wool, they'd get heavy and get swept away. The hook, the rod, was used to bring them back in. In our thinking, the rod we use in unity is the fourth unity principle. We use denials and affirmations. So we literally look at how things are seeming, what if questions, and we change the what if questions to what is. What, like I said, when I used to be younger, and I, or even still now, I would feel like something was a test. Oh, I used to have the worst test anxiety. What if I mess up on this test? I just studied, but what if I messed up on this test? What if you don't? What if God is with you? So you use that rod to step into the consciousness that God is beside you. Now, this is the Old Testament. God is beside you. When we move into the New Testament experience of God, we know God is in us. So as I walk into that test, walk into an experience, we, always, we often say experiences are tests, and they are, but they're not God testing you. We need to remember that. It's not God testing you, it's you testing you because you decided to have that experience and you co-created that experience. Third unity principle, thoughts held in mind, what? Produce after their kind. So whatever you're thinking in that moment, wherever those sheep in your mind are going in that moment, you are co-creating with God. Jesus continually stayed in alignment, kept his sheep, kept his thinking, kept his beliefs, kept his thoughts in alignment with God. So his rod was always working every single minute, staying in alignment, staying in alignment, staying in alignment, no matter what was experienced. God, uh, they're running to him. We don't have enough food to feed the multitudes. His mind, will you feed them? What? How are we going to feed them? His mind is always aligned with God, always aligned with God, always aligned with God, knowing that in that space, the rod would always bring him to the perfect, the perfect, the perfect solution. So where it says the rod, your rod and your staff, the staff was this big stick that they would use to hit animals to keep them away from the sheep. In our, in our, metaphysically, the rod is the truth that we use to purify any thoughts of fear, any evidence. See, when you're looking through the eyes of fear, I mean, when you're looking through the eyes of error or false thinking, the evidence that you're looking at appears real, but it's false. And we're meant to move into a space of experiencing God. Amen? Amen. So every experience that you go through, you use the rod, which is your prayers, which is your meditation, which is your denials, which is denying the power of the experience you're having and denying the power of the beliefs that you've connected. Because the truth is, beliefs that we have 
90% of the beliefs you have are not even yours. And I've said this over and over again because I want us to get this down to our core, that 90% of the beliefs you have are the beliefs that you grew up hearing, seeing, and understanding from other people and listening to shows or whatever. You got it from outside of you. You got it from outside of you. It is important for us to use the rod, which is our ability to shift our thinking into what we're experiencing with God inside of us. To shift your thinking inside. We have that ability. That's the rod. The rod has a hook. It brings you back to God. Rain, rain those thoughts in back to the consciousness of the truth. What is? So whenever your thoughts go out to what if, you bring your thoughts into what is. What is the truth? What is the truth? What is the truth? Seriously, think about it. What is the truth? When you're standing in, what is? The best thing to say, God is. What is? God is. And the beautiful part of what is, and you shift into God is, the next statement is, I am. Because whatever God is, I am. Whatever God is, I am. Together, whatever God is, I am. And so whatever fear you're going through, you shift it into the truth of what it is. And you will know it because you'll use that hook to rein the thoughts in, and then you'll use the rod, the, um, rod, the rod to bring them in, and you use the staff, which is the truth of God, to stand in what is. So whatever it is that you're fearing, wherever it is you're experiencing, all of us have fears. All of us do. Even if you're the highest expression of God, you're going to have the deepest expression of fear. Because the moment you shift your thinking, you're already raised up high. The moment you, moment you shift your thinking to the physical world, it's going to be a deep plummet. And as you shift your thinking to the physical world, you will step into a huge shadow of the valley of the, valley, valley of the shadow of death. It'll be huge. But the beautiful part about it is, all you have to use is, do is use that rod and rein your thought in to the truth. The rod is the ability to shift your thinking, and you rein it into the staff, which is the truth. Amen? Amen. So let's say that I will not be afraid. Let's say that part down. Together, I will not be afraid, for your close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Now, what does it mean that it protects and comforts me? Let's go into that space, too. I know, I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm hearing. When I stop, it's because I'm hearing. Protection is what we feel when we're truly in a space of standing on God's truth. When you're truly in a space of standing in God's truth, you know you're protected because you know there are no enemies, because you know you're one with everything. You're one with every experience. Don't you know that even your experience, you're having a relationship with, and how you relate with that experience is what causes false evidence to appear real or for you to stand in what is, it's up to you. We have a choice 
on how we experience every aspect of our life. And when we experience it standing in what is, where our truth, our, our thoughts are reined in through the rod and standing in what is, which is the truth. When we stand on that, you feel protected because you know you're strong. And the comfort there is that you're strengthened. But you gotta walk with God. You gotta walk with God. I say it again, you have to walk with God. And anytime those what if thoughts come into your mind, you literally shift right to that rock. That sheep is going out there somehow. And I remember Jesus said that if you have 99 here doing that thing and one wanders off, you go after that one. Because don't you know that one thought, that one experience of false evidence appearing real can make all the other ones come with you. And so you go after that one and you rein it in with that hook by using your ability. You have the ability to shift your own mind. It's a, it's, the name of it is choice. You choose to shift your consciousness. And you keep choosing it until you stand in it strong enough to the point that you feel protected and comforted. You keep standing. I promise you it will change. You are made in God's image and likeness. Whatever it is that you image, you will create the likeness of. So if you shift whatever is in that what-if thought that is a fear-based thought, if you keep on reining it in, keep on using that rod, keep on using that rod every minute, every time that fear comes up, every single time that fear comes up, every single time that fear comes up, because there were times and times and times that the fear got ingrained, ingrained in you, you have to keep doing it over and over and over again to uproot it and break it down with the truth, align it with the truth, align it with the truth, align it with the truth. You stand in what is until you get your manifestation. And then once you've broken through and you've gotten your manifestation, you share it with your experience with the world. That's why goodness and mercy shall follow you because everywhere you go, you take that rod and you take that staff and you stand on God's truth and you stand on God's truth and you stand on God's truth and you stand on what is and your experiences are what is. Amen? Amen. You, yeah. I want us to, oh, I love this. By Thich Nhat Hanh. He said, every time you fear, your fear is invited up, every time you recognize it and smile at it, when you smile at it, you're releasing the power of it. I've had those moments where I've had a fear and I shifted into something funny. And as I was laughing and as I was laughing in it, the fear lost its strength. And that's what he's saying. He's saying your fear will lose some of its strength. And the more you do it, it will dissipate into nothing. Because you co-create with God through your thoughts, hell, and mind. I want us to stand in these. This is not going to be a long talk today. I made my point. God made God's point. So we're going to walk in these affirmations, and we're going to, and I'm, we're going to walk into our blessing, our love offerings. Amen? Amen? Okay, together. I stand in what is. What is is God. I stand in God. 
I am one with what is. Therefore, I am one with God. Wherever I am, God is and all is well. Say that two more times. Wherever I am, God is and all is well. One more time. Wherever I am, God is and all is well. Are you ready to stand in I, 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 what is? I stand in what is. Say it one more time. Thank you, Faith. Stand up. Take a deep breath. Exhale deeply. Let's say this with gusto. Together. I stand in what is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. This time your heart said it's had enough. Sick and tired of everything that's so messed up. Don't want to move on just playing games. Praying hard somehow that your life will change. When you feel like you don't know what to do. Stuck inside this maze you can't go through. Surely on its way And don't give up The dark is breaking in today And just keep on moving through these storms And soon enough you'll find the door Just don't give up Oh, don't give up These walls around you are caving in Seems like that it's wearing thin Your hope is drowning in despair It looks like you're not going anywhere Step inside this heart and then you'll see Such a love that's so Surely on its way 
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.